Greetings, film fans. It's a great day for movies, even though MLB starts. It is Carl Middleman. Hi. Dan, Dan Buffa. Buffa. Hi. And I'm Lynn Van House. Hi. Hi. And we're going to talk opening movies this week, the live-action Dumbo, Hotel Mumbai, and The Mustang. Our table of contents today, we're going to talk about Dumbo here in just a second. Then, around the 15-minute mark, we're going to talk about The Mustang. And then Dan saw Hotel Mumbai around the 24-minute mark. And then we're going to talk about The Highwayman around the 38-minute mark. Then we'll talk about the new DVDs that are going to be out around the 42-minute mark. Then we will discuss the movie and play Waitress right around the 59-minute mark. And then we will say what's coming up next week around one hour and seven minutes. Thanks for listening. And Dan knows how to say Matthias Scone. It only took like and, and, it's only took four or five years. Are you going Matthias Schunorts? Schunorts. Well, I used to say, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what I said. So, but, if you're uh, listening to this podcast, Matthias, we know so, how to say your name. So you know, Some you're going to know. You're going to know. You're going to be smarty pants. You're going to know how to say this Belgium dude's name. Well, Flemish, I guess. And then we're going to talk about how we didn't see the Highwaymen and new new uh, DVD <laughs> releases and fun film facts that are happening in the world right now. And, um... <coughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> <coughs> including including well, a former uh, cinematic sure. pugilist who's going to have a good opportunity to get behind the camera again. He, he sounds like, hey, that, that's your only hint. Thank you, Lynn. You are welcome, Carl. All and right. also, Waitress is at the Fox. Waitress, a We should talk about movie. that movie yes. because... It's a gem. It is, it is, a, it is it an is. underlooked classic. It is, and you know, uh, it, it's 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 just a really good feel good movie. It makes you want to bake a pie because she makes about eighteen different pies. In that the movie. ending's crap, though. Yeah, and I in the play too. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't mind the ending where she walks off with her kid down the dirt road. It's yes, but nice. you, but we'll talk we'll talk about we'll that. Talk. And, little and then let's also kick it we'll off. talk oh. about the original cast and go. the poor woman who directed it. Yeah, that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough, yeah. tough story. She um, wrote and directed it, and then. And she the, was in it. The, yes, she played sweet, Dawn. Oh, yeah, we're, sweet we're, we're yeah, talking we'll about, talk about it. Now. We're <laughs> going to yeah. talk about hey, the new I will stuff. say though, we are we are we are on the air, so that's good. We are we are we're saving this good stuff for the air. But right. Carl, let's kick it off. Let's break into uh, Tim Burton's uh, Tim Burton's latest. Dumbo. He is full. My headline. I'll just give you this much. My headline mm-hmm. is. Um, uh, uh, forgettable Dumbo is a sign of how far Tim Burton has fallen. That is my oh. headline at KSTK. Now, hold on a second. I Tim just... Burton started... He wasn't the first one to do the Disney reimagining of yeah. their cart. That was the Glenn Close 101 and then followed by 102 yeah. Dalmatians. That was the first time that they did... Hey, let's do oh, these. Let's take these cartoons. Guy, he... But he was the first one to do it, to like start this ball rolling. In yeah. 2010, he did... Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, which was not a terrible movie. It's just this guy used to lead the charge of artistic change, like with Scissor- Edward Scissorhands and Batman. I mean, there's people out there that still think his Batman's the best, and they probably have a good argument, even against the Dark Knight. I mean, it's just for some people, he was the guy that showed us you know, how the whimsical could meet the reality. And in this right. movie... The darker Batman. The darker Batman. And you know, he, in this one, he just serves up a bowl of pancake syrup to us and wants us to digest it's two hours long it's a long two hours colin farrell does not have his irish accent which is never a good thing for him (laughs) well um okay so let's start with let's go ahead disney's been doing this disney's been doing this 
for a while now. Since the, once I already mentioned the Dalmatians, then you've got the um, Jungle Book also, which I think is the pinnacle. Yes, of, of, that was beautiful. And then Beauty and the Beast, and then there's also Maleficent, and we've got Aladdin coming out, and, and the Lion and King. the Lion King, and they've been. Reha- this, it's not rehashing because Jungle Book I think Jungle Book is just as good as the original and a lot of people like Beauty and the Beast and Maleficent is a different take on, this, in the, on the Sleeping Beauty story yeah. Alice in Wonderland Burton did not do the second one of those because he's only done one sequel ever and it just so happens to be Batman Begins which stars Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito yeah. Who happened to be in Dumbo? Uh-huh. And another person that is in the uh, staple of Burton people who starred in Miss Pellegrine in the school for... It, it was it, it was Batman Returns. Batman Begins right, right. was a no one. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Batman Begins? Yeah. I apologize. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. I, for, I apologize. Christopher Walken playing yeah. the guy. Well, Max Shrek. Right. With uh, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. As and, Paul yeah. Rubens. Gosh, it was so long ago. And then, because he and left... Danny DeVito. He, he left Disney <laughs> at the first time to go direct Paul Rubens to Pee-wee's, do Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It sounds like Kevin favorites. Smith and Superman. It's like, it's a whole epic It's a whole... The, and this whole thing's... And then he turned around and now he's back with Disney. It's just, I mean, the thing about... I mean, it, when I heard Tim, Tim Burton was doing Dumbo, I got excited. I thought, okay, maybe this... Because the last great Tim Burton film was Big Fish for me. That was 2003. Big Eyes is good. Big Eyes is good. Yeah, Did you like Miss Pellegrine? Um, it was okay. Starring Eva Green, who is in Gosh, Dumbo. Yeah. She she is the one redeeming factor of this movie. I mean, I think her character is the one I actually like the most. A person who was kind of a uh, got not really a romantic, but kind of an acquaintance with Michael Keaton's character. Mm, she's uh, she's one woman. of his many gems. Yeah, his gems. And then Ooh. she figures out that maybe this uh, partnership is not great. And then she meets Colin Farrell, who every time he talks, he tries to sound like a cowboy. It's not really good. So. Uh, the movie for me is just kind of one of those things that the kids the kids will like it. The kids the kids in the movie. Are awful. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they are. I didn't even mention that in my review because they were just kind of forgettable. Nico Parker is, yeah. is playing Millie. And the little she's... girl has one expression the whole movie. It's just like this. Uh, I, I hate you, Dad. Kids, kids can make or break a movie if you do not yeah, have good actors. And these kids, I turned to Max, Max on Movies, next Max to me. Max Foise. And he, I said... Are we supposed to like these kids? Because yeah. I do not like them. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, I, I put it in my review. I said, you know, the actors have to be good. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a kids' movie. The actors have to be good. Great acting can lift up kind of a middling anime or a kids' movie. And, and I think that this movie, all the performances are phoned in. Even Ava Green, she's good, but she's not great. And I think when I left the theater about the next morning, I just kind of forgot the movie. Not in a good, and not really. In a way that, man, I, I had a lot to do. No, I just woke up and thought, what did I watch last night? <laughs> Why I mean, did I see it, this? It didn't feel like Tim Burton to me. It felt like a person who was in, uh, putting on... T- it was Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and Tim Burton was snatched. So it's more Planet of the Apes instead of uh, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just our, uh, visually, you know, the baby mm-hmm. elephant is, is... At first, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. By the end of the movie, you're like, okay, two hours, and I'm tired. I mean, all the visuals aren't great. Uh, a lot of the, and really, the elephant looks fake, and, and really, the the elephant is, is, is a is a supporting oh. character in its own movie. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's Dumbo. Just, yeah. Here's the problem: what they did, what they did, the 1941 Disney classic is only 65 minutes long. Three great songs that still hold up to this day. <laughs> they divert from the movie in two ways. One, 
once Mrs. Jumbo goes wild, that's when the movie goes off on its own path. Then they also have the thing of the animals do not speak. None of the animals speak. And so there's only one Mrs. Jumbo, and there's not the, like, herd of other women elephants. Timothy Q. Mouth does make an appearance, but he is not the impetus for Dumbo flying. The crows are not in the movie at all, but Michael Buffer does get to do Michael the line. Michael Buffer, that was cool. Michael yeah. Buffer gets to do it. Let's it, get ready yeah, for right. Dumbo. Oh, I mean, and, as a boxing fan, it was cool to see Michael Buff. Yeah, but he he does it twice too. He so, does. You know, if they figured. You know, if we're gonna pay for him, everything to do gets. This. I mean, everything kind of gets like it's like reheated. It's like when you put that really good dish that was great last night mm -hmm. in, the, in the microwave, and you try to eat it the next morning, and then taste as good. Finley Hobbins is the other kid. He plays Joe. I maybe one day he'll be a good actor. We don't know. He does absolutely nothing, nothing. in this movie. He basically shows up in there dangling toys behind the camera. So the charm of the animated one is gone. which is which is like one of the first Disney films I think people that that kids see mm -hmm. because it's so uh short short <laughs> precious and uh, parents love it and you can sit and watch it over and over yeah. and over again mm -hmm. and I mean, you don't want to like I mean with this one I just television. think this is one you can save for DVD you know well, I have down a couple alcoholic beverages, parents, and put it on for this for the ten year old. But see, that's that. There are a lot of throwbacks to the original movie. Like first, the opening scene, uh, Casey Junior's playing, and then Danny DeVito sings a little bit of Casey Junior, and then the stork shows up, and then she has the baby. Of course, the stork is not talking and is not complaining that it's been just been carrying an elephant around because that's not what this is about. Then they do the <laughs> Michael Buffer sings. If you've ever seen an elephant fly, he says, I've, you've seen a horse fly. That's right. He, the, just, those, those are the only lines from that. That's on. And then Baby Mine is done in the movie by Arcade Fire. But also, it's also sung by Sharon Rooney, who plays uh, Miss, uh, Miss Atlantis. She's like a mermaid mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it is really, really moving. That song has always been moving. But when Mrs. Jumbo is singing it to Dumbo, that is Super moving. This one having one Nothing. of the surface. Well, it did make a kid cry. It. This movie is not for little kids. <laughs> I will say that. Do not take your toddler to go see ba uh, Dumbo because they will cry because there's murder. There is separation from parents. Yeah. There is a fire that kills a lot of people. Yeah. It is not for... Dan and I were it's debating. More like, it's more like eight. I'd say, say eight, seven eight years old. Why like seven if you're watching TV? Like, you, like, you know your like, kid, though. Like, like, like my son would probably... I mean, my son looked at the poster and just said he didn't want to see it. And, but, but I mean, I think he kind of sat through this. But, but I, I have put my kid, like my dad with, with me, he, I put my kid through a rigor, a, 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 a rigorous uh, film training. So, I mean, I think this is kind of one where you could... Uh, you know your kid, though. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. think... If you, if you have a sensitive child... Oh yeah. Even it's if just, they're yeah. like nine this or is ten, be too much. Too much. It's it's not. The problem is they made the animals secondary. Yeah. The, the secondary. The animals, even though it holds a title, not of a one arm uh, returning war hero. Oh yeah, that's right. We didn't. Colin Farrell is a hero who lost his arm. It takes place in 1919, and for the first third of the movie, it takes place in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, and and it comes. He comes back home, and this is his back wife in has died. 1919, <laughs> when when influenza killed people. 
which is you know right now just kind of puts you in bed for a little bit. I forgot it kills. You should people. get your measles shot. People, no, it still it still kills people. But it's not, not at a high rate. Uh, right. Yes. Know, in 1919, it was a lot worse. And I just love when he comes home and there's just they just kind of hop over that. Oh, by oh, the way, your wife's wife dead. dead. Okay. Well, let me just kind of look gruff for a couple seconds. And then uh, the kids are are mad at the dad because he's been off to war. He's and, been in war. And then they and then he. Oh, by the way, uh, I lost my arm. Yeah, I he lost didn't my tell arm. the kids that he lost. I his like arm. the fact where he comes up and the kids go, they look at his arm and they go, "Or where is it at?" They like, "I lost it. It's a war. I lost it in war." And then some of the it's almost like you circus... wish they, they would have had some fun with it. Make it a parody. Make, well, make it and fun. well, they make him wear this horrible prosthetic, which actually means then they didn't have to CGI his arm out anymore. No, so that no. just means that he, he holds his we arm down by his side. We can save some money. We can save. You know, <laughs> Colin can use his arm. Danny DeVito does a little bit. They do a pink elephant on parade they don't do the whole musical number it, that actually is well done that uh, animation is good because they do it with bubbles and that's at the big one we didn't even really discuss what michael keaton's character does he comes in and buys the circus because he hears about dumpo and he wants he wants that for himself and then alan arkin shows up as the money guy alan, alan arkin looks like a guy that showed up on the wrong end of the production lot he, 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 he has he's, like he's in three a different scenes movie. He has three scenes. And basically, he Alan Arkin's his way through the performance. He goes, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? I'm the money. No. And then, that's basically it. And then, and then he just basically, then he walked off the set onto that Michael Douglas Netflix show. It's like, oh, okay. Can you take Where am I? crazy hat off of here? But I, I don't know. I mean, I think I mean, it's a, a, it's a, the story is, it's different. It's not the Dumbo that you I know. I think go watch. I actually got a chance to watch. I was over at the theater I I used to work at. I, I watched I watch a little bit of Wonder Park. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Go watch that. So instead. now you've seen three minutes of it plus another half hour. That's another half an hour. I'm working it up, but that half an hour <laughs> what I saw was better than the two hours of Dumbo. So uh, and we were told that there was a mid credit and post credit scene. No, there is not. There's not. There is not a mid credit scene. There is something at the. And that they could have used as a mid-credit scene. I think they got smart and said, you know what, let's just put that scene. That's just kind of, yeah. Let's just that that scene is at the very end, and but, um, it, it's it, it's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> so really, uh, I, I think it's both kind of a, a don't-go-see-it from Carl, both, both I, Carl no, and I. No, don't. It's not really I would just say, well, save, save your it, money for Easter. Save it for, <laughs> yeah, well, save it. Just just watch the anime of Dumbo. Watch, watch the better version of Dumbo, or just wait for DVD. And do it on a day where you have a lot of Bloody Marys at brunch. And then go, okay, children, we'll put on... What? Oh, man. Dumbo. So, Dan, so Dan what did you see? What, do you want to go with uh, the hotel man, movie? I don't know. Or they're do, they're which, both kind of... They're tough. Depressing. Good movie. Yeah, they're depressing, but good movies. Which uh, one's foreign? Well, they're the, both foreign, aren't the, they? Let's go with the Mustang. That one's okay. fresh in my mind. I watched this this last night at good old Plaza Frontenac, which is basically called, uh, you know, uh, the claustrophobic theater. But... Uh, <laughs> It's it's at the indie. It's the stage of the indies. But uh, this movie uh, stars Matthias Sconarts, who is really. I'm giving you people, applause for saying his name. People will probably know him most from the drop with Tom Hardy and Gandalf, James Gandolfini, the late Villain. James Gandolfini, and also Bullhead. That's where he made his big breakthrough, and also fabulous Rust, movie, Rust and Bone. Marion Cotillard. But, he, but he's kind of like Mads Mikkelsen before he it was in Casino Royale. You're probably mm-hmm. going to see... This guy's going to play a Marvel villain probably in two or three years. I can probably put a prediction there. He's a great, silent, doesn't need a lot of dialogue. A, a lot like Mads Mikkelsen. 
Uh, Statham, I'd say more Mads Mikkelsen, because okay. I think he's a little better, more range. But yeah, he but plays... Mads play, already did play a villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he had lots of lines, and his, his story Matthias was... is heading to... I think he says more lines every movie he's in. Really? So and, you think and, maybe he'll show up in Eternals or something <laughs> after that? I think, yeah, he'll go up against Angelina Jolie in the Eternals. But uh, he plays Roman Coleman, uh, and you don't really know what he did. He plays, He's a violent convict. He's in a Nevada prison. And what I didn't know is that this is a real thing. There's a lot of these wild Mustang programs. Yes. There's still six open in the United States. Because there's a, a, over 100,000 Mustangs still roaming the United States. Wild. Yeah, wild Mustangs just roaming around. So they're kind of either you know euthanizing them or they're putting them into these prison programs. But it, it's kind of a cool but sad thing the way that these horses are treated. But they are... Um, and, and the end of the film puts us out there, they do help rehabilitate these prisoners. Well, they're and also, these prisoners are being treated as expendables. Because they if are. Because the horse And when it comes to Roman Coleman, the, the film opens up, and he's talking to uh, a psychologist played by the great Connie Britton, who has a small yes. role in this movie. Yeah, always good. Um, you know, and you, you the, the good thing about this movie, which is directed by, I am going to try it, his French guy's name, Lord de Clermont-Tonnerre. Sure. He Ooh. is. It's his, it's his directorial debut. You. Um, Laura, if you're watching this, I hope I got it right. If not, I owe you a French coffee. Oui. Um, Très bien. You, you, you don't really know what he did, and I think that's great. You don't find out what he did until the middle of the movie, because he gets visited by his daughter, um, who is played by Gideon Edlon, a really good young actress. Um, but you know that he is, he's got rage, and he doesn't say a lot. You know, the psychologist trying to get him to talk, and he won't. And this is where, you know, Matias is so good. is because a lot of actors, they need dialogue to act. They need kind of well, something to say. they need good dialogue. They need that. But I, I think what Matias is great at, he, he's like a body language guy. Mm-hmm. You can feel that he is carrying everything he's done on his shoulders. Not just his eyes? Yeah, I mean, his eyes and just the way he, he walks like he's got a board up against <laughs> his spine. He walks very stiff. This is a guy who's staring into the mirror, and he keeps losing the staring contest with himself because he mm. can't look at himself because he can't look at what he did. And you find out again what he did about halfway into the movie. But Is it gets, shocking, or you, um, you accept it, that? It's, it's, you kind of get the idea that he did something that's not just like an armed robbery, that he did something that's kind of bad. And, you know, in talking to his daughter, you figure out what he did. And it kind of rolls out slowly. I like the way they revealed that. But um, Bruce Stern plays the head of the Wild Mustang program nice. at, at the prison. He's good. I mean, and I think that he's not just gruff, stern Bruce Stern, where he just kind of yells and looks like he hasn't had his coffee. But he still does that anyway. But he does it. But he, he, <laughs> he's, he's got a sensibility towards these prisoners. He really wants them to rehabilitate. Well, it's his program. Yeah, he, he wants them to better themselves and to find a better life. So there is a soft side to him. But... Um, Matias's character Roman gets hooked up with this wild Mustang that he later calls Marcus, and he, his job is to tame this horse, and of course, in turn, tame himself. You know, find a little, uh, find him, uh, you know, find himself in a better light because you don't know how long he's going to be in prison. You do know it's a long sentence because he he was transferred from from a maximum security prison, so you know that he's kind of been moved around a little bit. He's a violent guy. Um, but it's one of those movies where it's just, it's a slow burn, but it's, it's very well done. I liked how patient this movie was. I liked how they didn't try to sympathize with this character. They didn't make him, you know, a good guy completely. He's got some problems. They didn't shy away from the, the scenes where it's just him and the horse. I like that. And there's the, the score is not overpowering. Sometimes in his movie, they'll lay on that thick score when the horse and him are bonding 
and here it's just silence. It's like the, it's like you know the filmmaker said, "Silence on the set," and I mean it. Shut up. Hmm. I mean it's just so quiet because when he's out there, you know, next to the you know the, the horse and in a little gate, they have this this horse in a little small area, and you feel the tension that he feels, and I think that's great when a movie can make you feel that. You feel everything that that Sconarts feels. You feel that he's just kind of trapped. And he doesn't know how to get out of this guilt that he has. But in the movie, in slowly is going to kind of thaw out that ice around him. But it's not going to be easy. I, I like how it doesn't happen in one scene. How it just kind of slowly develops over the movie. This is not an easy film to watch because of the reality of what happens to these horses if they can't be tamed, and also the reality of these prisoners. These are violent offenders. You know, these are like you know, either very. You know, are high like armed robbery. Our killers are, and one of the best parts of the movie that I will tell you is with Connie Britton again. It's whenever you put her in a scene, everything good happens. I mean, just ask Eddie Burns. Um, hmm. She's asking the prisoners, including Roman, how long did it take between the thought of the crime and the actual crime? And when Sconard's character says a split second, I mean, you just think that it's just you think about. You think about that. I mean, I don't and think anybody now he's this, in prison. I, I don't think yeah. anybody in this room is capable of that kind of murder. But to see that, and really, I think this movie is kind of loosely based on. I, mean, I know there's a bunch of Romans in these prisons mm-hmm. in, in in these Mustang wild Mustang programs. So you think that this is probably based? I'm sure that this French director probably got this story from somebody. I think one of the actual prisoners plays a he, role well, in this movie. Well, he helped write it too. He was one. Yeah, of the he helped write it. Yeah, there's Brock Norman Brock, and there's also another there's Mona three writers. Fastboyd. Mona Fastvoid, and they all kind of just wrote this story. It was a, it was from a, a you know just an idea that I think he got from somebody that was at one of these prisons. And I think in the end, it's not really a highly original film. It does move in predictable ways. It's only I mean, an hour and a half. Yeah, it's an hour and a half. It moves really good. I mean, they get right to the point. Um, and the ending isn't dipped in completely happy waters, and I like that. Because whenever there's a daughter and there's a rehabilitation involved, you think, okay, she's just going to forgive him all of a sudden. That doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that she's, she hates him in the end. But I, I liked how everything was natural in this movie. It's not. It's grim at times. It's depressing. But there's also a little bit of hope in the way that I find it fascinating that, a, that an animal can help cure a human's problem. That just That they can take this violent person and put him next to an animal and somehow... It's like they're kindred spirits. Are the horses real? They are real. All of them are real. I mean, cool. and, and and really, you can tell when 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 Sconarts is in that cage with this horse, you feel for him because this you know the horse goes. Let's just say you know he he gets beat up by the horse a little bit. Oh. But uh, I, I I don't want to run on too long. But I, I want to say that this movie is one of those you kind of have to seek out. This is the film that I, I keep. They hope I I really hope they keep making. I mean, there's the big Dumbo's. The big productions, and then there's these movies that kind of need a lot of love. Yeah, they and, need our attention, and, not Dumbo. And, <laughs> and one of the things that my buddy once told me: this is a small film with a big heart, and oh, I think I think good. a lot of indies do that. And this movie fits that like a glove. It's a small film, and it's about a really sometimes unlikable guy. Because again, you're not really going to warm up to Roman even by the end of the movie. And it's only at Frontenac, so that's yeah. a tip off. And another movie that's only at Frontenac, I think, is what you're going to talk about next. Yes, and 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 really, I think you don't get close to him, but you do believe in his rehabilitation by the end. I think it's worth saying, and I and you're going to remember the name Matthias Sconarts. He's oh. going, he is going to start breaking out. This is going to be his breakout film. 
I think he's tremendous. But uh, go see it. It's not exactly completely uplifting, but it is worth your time. <laughs> so our next film is oh, Hotel this... Mumbai by uh, Anthony Morris, who is... is an Australian director who has won a lot of awards for his short movies. Relatively new, yes. Because, because I, I asked Pete, the guy that sets up our screenings, like, has this guy done anything? I, I walked into this movie not knowing a lot about the, the incident on November 26, 2008 at the Taj Hotel in Mumbai, India. Um, it, it, it's about a group of gunmen, terrorists, that walked into separate locations, not just the hotel, and opened fire and set off bombs and killed a lot of good people. I mean... What they did to the hotel, one of the most world-renowned hotels in the world. It's just a great-looking yes. hotel, that building. But they opened fire. It was a group of men, and they are being instructed by a guy over the phone from Pakistan who, in real life, they still haven't caught. The guy that was kind of put this thing, they masterminded Ooh. it. Um, and, of course, they are doing it in, in the name of Allah, which is basically what a lot of terrorists, especially from the, on, on that side of, of the ocean, have, they're driven by this guy that they think they're doing right in killing people and it's one of the most misguided things but it, it, it is a reality and i think on this day uh, just a little bit over 10 years ago and, and, and again this is a movie kind of like mustang where it's a sad i mean it, i mean people die and, and anthony morass is that how you say his name mm-hmm. he well, i don't know sh- i'm guessing um he, he doesn't shy away from the action um there, there's a lot of point blank shootings it, it earns its r rating it's not a lot of gore but the action does get started right away. You see Dev Patel, who is a composite character. Okay. He plays a waiter at, at the hotel. He's you a see, waiter at the hotel. He, 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 he is a waiter. Okay. He's kind of like, but he's also, he's worked there a long time. He's a young guy, but he, he knows his way around the hotel, and that's going to really help out when uh, the siege takes place. But uh, he's leaving his wife and kid. He goes to work, and he, but then you slowly see the gunmen coming o- off the shore into town, and you know bad things are going to happen. The, the guy who plays the chef, who is actually a real guy who actually uh, consulted on the movie. Anupam is, Kerr. Yeah. I've seen him before <laughs> in stuff. That's a good pronunciation. I was going to try. Uh, he, he played the shrink in Silver Lining's Playbook. Yes. Bradley Cooper's uh, shrink. And he played, he was also with the, the dad in Big Sick. Yes. He is, uh, his oh, character is good. Cool. He's good. He is good. He, he is, he's a sympathetic face, but he plays a guy just like Dev Patel. Because the big thing about this day was when they took over the hotel and they started killing people, you know, the staff, they knew how to get out of the hotel. But a lot of the staff, I mean, over 15 to 20 staff members stayed to try to get to help the guests. Because as the chef told his, his, uh, his crew, he says, guests are God. And hmm. so to leave them would be, be the, the worst thing in the world. So so one of the guests is one of Lynn's favorite actors, <laughs> Army I am, Hammer. I am not a fan of Army Hammer, but I will say he's good in this movie. Okay. Well, I changed my mind because, you know, I thought he was a plank You saw him on Broadway. Yeah. I and thought he was yeah, yeah, so you see, you, 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 You've shared the same air with him. Maybe I need to share the same air with him. But usually I'm not a fan of him. I'm like you. He, he's just kind of like... He's just there. He's wooden. He he he's he has good, done good work. It, it, he if, keeps getting miscast. If in you've a lot ever of seen a standee at, at, the, at the movie theaters, that's basically Army Hammer. That, that's as much personality as I, I, I will he's defend actually, him. I, he's actually good in Sorry to Bother You because he was as Carlson. He was, he yeah. was cast perfectly mm-hmm. as a preppy Against jerk. Type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And uh, also in 
Man from Uncle. Well, Man from Uncle. I, I that movie is so underrated. I really it wish is. they would do a it's sequel. It's got Superman and, and Hugh Lone Grant. Ranger. I love Hugh Grant and Elisha um, Vinkender. And yeah. they, the way they set it up for a movie that will never happen. Oh, I really wish that movie would have done well. I know, but me he's too. also good in Social Network. And as I said yes. before, he's great on Reaper, which was a show on the CW about the devil. I think there's just times in movies where he's just kind of he brings the movie down, but in this movie he plays Call me uh, by your name's the, the husband of the American couple that is at the hotel. They're on vacation. They have a little bitty baby, and they have a nanny, and um, that that is they're they're kind of like one of the centerpieces. You have Dev Patel, you have uh, the the chef. You, you know his name. You, you said his name perfectly. I'm not going to try it again. <laughs> uh, Jason Isaac's in this too from the Harry Potter Kerr. movies. I'm going to say Kerr. Mr. Kerr is great. He plays Obery, right. Chef Obery. He's the chef. Who's and Jason Isaacs from Harry Potter? He plays uh, a, a a rich guy from Russia that you don't really know a lot about in the beginning, but you kind of find out a little bit more as the movie goes on. He plays a guy named Vasily. Oh, so you don't and, trust him? Um, you don't trust him, but also you kind of learn to trust him, but you still don't trust him even when you kind of think he's sympathetic. He plays one of the guys who's trapped in the hotel. He, he he's, he's basically identified by the, the owner of the hotel. Like he, he's a rich guy. Because they take care of the VIPs. Right. And, and he's one of the VIPs. Army Hammer and his wife are, are one of the VIPs. Now she's on She's on Homeland. Yes. Uh, I don't know how to say her name Naz, either. Nazanin Bonatti. Sure. Yeah. She plays Zahar, who plays Army Hammer's wife, mm-hmm. and, and she's one of the mainstays in the movie as well. This movie is brutally violent, but it's also, I would use the same word I use a Triple Frontier, it's taunt. I mean, the whole movie. But it's two and a, two hours and three minutes. And, and that moves fast. I mean. It, so it builds tension it, it, and it build, keeps you on the edge I mean, of your seat. It grabs your attention in the first 15 minutes and never lets it go. Oh, because you good. don't know who is going to make it. It's kind of like Triple Frontier where you have this survival thing where people are trying to get out of this hotel alive. Because these gunmen, you know, and they're all, they all kind of look similar. There's no big names in the cast playing. The gunmen, they're just they, they they look as as startling of, of a stranger with a gun as you would see out in the street here. Mm-hmm. You don't really identify them. You just see them as somebody that's driven mad doing some terrible things in, in the name of, of the God that he believes in. All, again, instructed by a voice on the phone that we never get to meet because that's the way it was. They are all they all had headsets on. And they kept, even when they're having doubt, the best part is when the gunmen start to have doubt and the voice just goes, no, you're doing this in the name of, of Allah. Are Keep they ISIS ahead. or Al-Qaeda? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if that was well, ever really identified. 2008 would have been either Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda or, or one of those sects, I, I, one of those cells. Taliban? I, 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 I want to say it was Al-Qaeda, if I had to put a guess on it. But they are deadly. And the action, I mean, again, it's startling action. I mean... This movie I, this is the movie where I stayed in the theater afterwards and just kind of had to gather myself because you really get to like these people and not just Army Hammer's character and you know Bonatti's character and and, and uh, you know the, the Kerr's character the, the chef you just care about these innocent people who happen to be there when these guys took it over and it's just they you know the gunfire is startling it's very Michael Mannish where the guns the bullets you feel like the bullets mm. are flying past you in the theater. 
And, so good um, sound editing. Good sound editing. Very good. The action's very startling. It's very realistic. And I, I like how there's no extra hero things added into the movie. Nobody tries to make that big stand. Even when you think Army Hammer's character, who has played, you know, he's a big guy. He's played so many uh, heroes in movies. He doesn't. He's kind of, he's not He's feeble. not the Lone Ranger in he's this. He's not. And, and he, he's just kind of a helpless guy who also wants to save his, his, his newborn baby and his wife. And well, what makes, I think, the real story so compelling is because you put yourself in that situation. Because nowadays, it's not uncommon to be uh, caught in, in a situation. In a firefight. Yeah. I mean, it, it really yeah. is. And the movie, again, it's a, the two hours moves quick. The action is startling. The, the acting is good. I don't think anybody really stands out. But Dev Patel and, and uh, Anum Per? Sure. But see, it's like Pam. Okay, uh, well then it's a I'm, I'm gonna have to go, Okay, Mr. Kerr, I'm gonna mm-hmm. learn how to say your name because you're great in this movie. Um, <laughs> they have a great scene towards the end where it's just you feel the weight of what they went through, and I think when actors can do that with no dialogue, that's like, as we were talking about with Scone Arts. If you can do that without a, a lot numpum, of dialogue, and let's say a numpum, no, a num, anupam. A new Pam. Let's go. A new Pam Kerr. Sure. And again, you you saw him in we're several lines playbook. We're dumb. Sorry. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably <laughs> mispronounce my last name. But uh, the cast is good. Nobody really stands out. I think it's more the story is kind of the star here. But this director, this is a very good debut. I mean, and 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 the script. Well, he's that, done short films. He's yeah. He's a he's a an award winner for short length. films. His yeah. feature length debut. Uh, John Coley and Anthony Maras. They both co-wrote the script. Um, and it's one. And it's basically it's based off a book called Surviving Mumbai, and uh, it's it's a movie that. So is Army Hammer? Is he a composite too? I I would say that that they're all composites. Patel is is a composite. A lot of the people you see in the movie could be composite characters. The chef is the one that consulted on the movie, so he's the one that that was definitely real and a real a, a real person in in the attack. But this is again kind of like the Mustang. It's kind of grim at times. It's depressing. Because innocent people's lives are being mm-hmm. taken, but seeing how these people rally together and how it just reminds you of the human spirit. How when things go bad, sometimes you can rally together, and that's something you can believe in when you're watching this movie. It's very thrilling, and it, it keeps your ten- your attention. You will hold on to that 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 little you know arm slot next to your seat very tightly during this movie because you don't know what's going to happen. Don't read up on the attack. Go in just kind of very. Uh, very blind like I did. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't read up on the real attack, which took place over ten, a little bit over ten years ago. So it is of these two dramas, which one do you like better? I like Mumbai better, just because. Hmm. I mean, I like Sconards in that movie, but when I left Hotel Mumbai, I needed a moment. I mean, like after the Mustang, I, I left last night. I thought, you know, that's, that's a good story, rehabilitation of prisoners and, and and the mild Mustangs, and it was well told. But this one. You know, while the Mustang, you kind of know where it's going, but in the Hotel Mumbai, you you don't really know who's going to make it, because again, don't read up on it and go into this very blind, because this kind of thing is happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just walked oh. into a what oh. was that last week or two weeks ago? A mosque. People right. walked into in New Zealand, and they yeah. just opened fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this is um. never going to be. This is endlessly compelling. People walking into a building wanting to take life, and there's and. Anthony Barassi, he keeps the camera very tight on the shooters and their victims. Like, you see the victims staring up at the, at the shooters, and it's very heartbreaking. But I think he's trying to show you this is what's going on, and we have to figure out a way to stop it. And, and I think he doesn't bat an eye. It's very unflinching. It's very effective. 
it kind of hit me out of nowhere. This is probably one of the bigger surprises of the year. I mean, oh, as far as going good. into it, not knowing anything, just going, okay, Hotel Mumbai. The the poster's got a, a picture of a, a Kalashnikov on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and then there's the little hotel. So that's all I knew. Will you remember this in December? I will. And, and I think if I saw a trailer for it, I go, wow, that's that movie that kind of took a piece out of me. Because this movie does. It, it will kind of keep you, you know, pinned to your seat. It'll keep you at times on the edge of it. And you'll be discussing it afterwards. Does it really happen? Who distributed it? Bleecker Street. Oh, Bleecker, Bleecker Street. Street. Okay, because we usually get their stuff. Yeah, Bleecker so Street. Good and this is one deal. that's probably going to show up in like a little CD case because mm-hmm. it's an indie. And again, this is like the Mustang. Oh, hey. They have to get this. They, they have to keep making these movies because they, and they, they didn't just make this movie to, to show, oh, yeah, let's, let's just glorify violence. This is about the survivors. This is about the chef who really consulted on the movie and who risked his life because there's a great scene in the beginning of the movie where he's talking to his staff and he goes look you can leave and you're not going to be judged and one of the workers who's kind of like a concierge there he's Mm -hmm. been working there forever he goes this is my home outside this hotel i don't have a home i'm gonna stay I generally don't. You like movies set in hotels? I mean, that's not a yeah. fun one, and but really, I generally yeah. like that because it's just you know it's and just it's an interesting uh, you, setting. You grow attached to these characters, and a lot of them aren't going to make it. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's a tough movie to watch, but gosh, it is really potent. Well, well, let's get uh, a little lighter. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> yeah, going to say, so well, indies usually are all about the storytelling. And that's are. that's what, to me, a movie should be, storytelling, where these big budget blockbusters Direct. are all about See. overseas sales mm-hmm. See, for me, and for dumbing it down. In- indies is where the filmmaker cares more about the characters than it does the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then the big budget ones are just kind of like for all you know. Kenneth um, Lonergan and Manchester by the Sea. He cared more about the characters in that movie than giving the audience a satisfying ending. And I love being surprised. Like we open those cases and then you hear, "Oh, you should see this yeah. one. You should see this and, one." Like how we saw and, the Guilty last and, year. And this one, I don't think it's going to do much in the theaters. It doesn't have a star. It's not really being marketed. So when people open this up, then they're going to go, "Oh, what's this Hotel Mumbai?" And they're going to turn in and they're going to be glued. For two hours. And this is the kind of movie where you, where it ends and you're like, oh man, you're almost kind of out of it. You got to like go, wait, I'm in a seat. There's popcorn here. <laughs> okay, the lights come on. I, I can leave. I'm not being shot at. It's a movie that puts you in. It transports you in, in, into there. Well, a movie that we did want to see uh, by now, but we weren't, yeah. was um, the Netflix's Highwayman. The Highwayman. I love you, Kevin which, Costner. Which it started, it started a week ago in theaters, but... Uh, it starts on Netflix I wanted tomorrow. To see it too. I just didn't get it to, with, with all the screenings this week. I didn't get a chance to see it's it. It's the story of Bonnie and Clyde from the cops' perspective, and which to me to, is fascinating. And according to the family, they get Frank Hammer right, who Kevin Costner plays. He, you know, in, in, in the Bonnie and Clyde movie with Warren Beatty and Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, mm-hmm. they, they said that they are they they, they portrayed the, the lawman as kind of a buffoon, right? As kind of someone that you can almost like make fun of, a, the caricature of a villain. In this one, the family has come out and said they finally did our dad right, uh, and Frank Hammer. Well, who, that's good because yeah. in the first, in the original, um, you know, when they're getting away, you hear, uh, you know, Scruggs and, uh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, the what? Oh, you the, hear you know, like the, uh, the the fl- the music the yes. The banjo music. Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Yeah, leaving. So that's Earl kind Scruggs. of more. Yeah, yeah. Earl Scruggs. And uh, yeah, I mean, the movie's got Kathy Bates as, as the governor. It's got a great character actor, John Carroll Lynch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, Woody Harrelson, the trailer's great because Woody's kind of like the sidekick 
And I, I like because these two guys were retired U.S. Marshals, and they got them out of retirement to go after Bonnie and Clyde. And Woody Harrelson sitting next to the car going, hey, you need one more? And, you know, Coster basically like gruffs, no. And then he goes, oh, gosh, get in the car. And it just, it's kind of got a little, you could tell there's a little comedic. But in the trailer, though, it does get serious because what Bonnie and Clyde did, I mean, they were gruesome. They were really? bank robbers, and they, they killed were, a lot yeah, of people. I know, and, 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 and as Costner tells Harrelson in the trailer, they, they, they flipped over a cop on the street to make sure that he could sh- see them shooting him. I mean, they, they, they were very, very bad people. But this is told, as Carl said, from the perspective of the U.S. Marshals. And I think Kevin Costner is just on a great streak the last 10 years. He's he's mixed himself into ensembles. Like I, I, I just watch. I just watched Molly's game the other night where he. Played oh, he's a great the dad, dad in that. That's like the one of his next, best. The speech next to the ice cream goes. Look, I'm I'm, I'm going to give you three. Uh, what do you say? Three years and three minutes. Mm-hmm. Three questions. But he's so good, and he doesn't change his look a lot. He's just kind of compelling, is why I think of yeah, him. He's well, old I think, dad now. Yeah, he well, is. He's the old dad. He started that out in Henry Cavill playing mm-hmm. Superman's dad. Yeah. Well, I think that that was a good transition for him because the bloated epics, Waterworld, yeah, Waterworld. Postman, the postman, Wyatt Earp, and then he was gone for a while, and yeah. then he reemerged like the upside well, of anger. He was doing TV work. He was doing uh, miniseries. That's right. And then Hatfield McCoy's. And, yeah. and now he's doing Yellowstone. Right. That, that, They're doing season two. That now. comes out. On, it's been released on June nineteenth. The first season was great, and it is basically Kevin Costner just playing that gruff kind of leader. And, and I think. Yeah, it's compelling if you can just change it up a little bit. And I think with each role he does that. Um, he, he he was in a, a um, he was in a movie with Ben Affleck called The Company Men. Yes, where he which... played the mean brother-in-law. Yeah, the the carpenter who kind of belittles Ben Affleck's character, but he, he was good in that. I mean, he just he's kind of like what John Hamm is. He slips into some ensembles. He leads a couple movies, but he's always believable now. So yeah, I think he had a that pretty... comes on Netflix midnight on. Friday morning. Yeah, midnight Pacific time, so 2 o'clock in the morning. 2 o'clock, yeah. folks, so stay up. Maybe, <laughs> um, you know, go to sleep at 8, maybe make a pot of coffee at 1, and get ready for some uh, Bonnie and Clyde chasing. So now, does uh, um, it's a good period piece, too, right? It looks good. I and, saw the, I only saw the trailer. The they didn't saw, show us. I know. Then, I only the saw the trailer. John Lee Hancock has done uh, The Blind Side, of course, but mm-hmm. he's done a lot of enjoyable kind of... Uh, uh, I guess cinematic friendly movies, but yeah, it, it just looks good. The trailer is great. It was not screened for critics, but I think that was more of a mix. Well, up. it was actually it was screened for critics. We just none of us could go because they know, screened it once. They did well, when when they screened it last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Oh, oh man, what, what the heck did I pick over this? Um, so <laughs> I have been uh, I have been busy with theater prom and news, so I missed the screens this week. But I have seen quite a few of the DVD releases. Let's so. crank into that. So what? Less. What's uh, new? What, um, what should, Aquaman okay. is the big one. What should Aqu- people see? What should people avoid? Well, I think they should see if. Street could talk. Yes. And uh, Stan and Ollie and Capernaum. Yeah. Stan and Ollie. They did not screen that for us either, even though it won BAFTAs. Yes, they did. And, they and screened it at 11 a.m. at the Tivoli oh. one day. I, I watched it. Yeah, but it was late. It was after yeah. awards. It was after awards, so yeah. they didn't yes. see it. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah for, they, for missed, they missed the ball on that one. Great because, little movie. Steve oh. Coogan and, and John C. Riley, who had a great year. Uh, the Sisters Brothers, he, he owned that movie. He took it from Joaquin Phoenix. He was great in that. 
Yes, Holmes and Watson happen, but you can't put that uh, all no, everyone. John C. Everyone Riley. hates that movie. No one. Oh, and, no and, one and, and that guess movie. what? Now you can see it because it's streaming. It's Holmes streaming. It's Ugh. streaming in, 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 in a river of turds. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in a giant spot. It was streaming in the water. <laughs> and so, uh, well, we can see it just to see if it's the worst movie. Of um, the year. Yeah, because as a critic, it's kind of fun every once in a while just to really rip a movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think if Beale Street could talk, even though it got some love from the uh, some Spirit Awards and some of the other mm-hmm. low and best awards. Best Supporting Actress. The Oscars totally overlooked Barry Jenkins' film, which I think was better than Moonlight. I do, too. I think it showed that he's a complete filmmaker. I think and this Regina was... And Regina King. She's this, so oh, good. Th- to me, this movie is cinematic poetry. And again, the ending, it doesn't get completely happy. It's very realistic. You know, racial profiling is a real thing, and they handle it with care. They don't preach to you. And I think the end of the movie... Or let's just say a, a man is looking at his son in a visitation. I I, I really I oh. thought about my kid. I mean, I was like, if I was had done something, if I hadn't done something, and I was in prison and I had to be separated from my kid, you feel that when you watch Barry Jenkins' movie. Well, it it concentrates on the love story. It's really a book by James Baldwin. Yes. The great African writer. That's why it writer. was under Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. And Brian and, Tyree Henry plays oh, the friend. He's a, great. The guy from a Widow's. Who and played Coleman a very bad Domingo guy. plays Coleman the dad. Coleman Domingo, who He's, is great. I I just yes. he, I like the way he sits in his house and he goes, "I think it's gonna be a boy." And it's just <laughs> the way they're dancing, they're celebrating, they're celebrating life, and they get kind of hit with this unspeakable, um, you know, uh, confusion. Well, um, the breakout star is the girl to me because she is beautiful and Kiki so, Lane. Yes, Kiki Lane, and, and I she think was we're in something. Hear... She had a bit role. I, I don't. I don't think it was us, but it was in a movie that was released. Two weeks ago, she was at a little small role, and I'm going to figure that out. Which one? And I think that, and then the the boy, because it's a wonderful love story. It really is. They're just connected. They're soulmates. And it's also a slow from an burn. Early age. And Dave Franco has a good little role in it. Yes. Well, is it Stefan James? He played Jesse Owens in Race. Okay. And he was also in the Julia Roberts series Homecoming on Amazon. And so, oh, the, she was in the, Captive State, that very forgettable oh. John Goodman movie. She played a, a bit role as Carrie, a Kiki Lane. They're the central figures. This is 1971 Harlem. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, they uh, they just happen to be in the wrong place at the right uh, the wrong. They happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and piss off a white racist cop who is mm. played by Ed Scrain. Mm. Uh, the, Mr. Bad Guy from the first Deadpool, right. formerly of Game of Thrones, who left to do a transporter movie, a very bad <laughs> transporter movie. Transformer yeah, or transporter? Looked, uh, transporter. Transporter. Uh, oh, yeah. He he left to play, uh, I guess, a different version of Frank Martin's character. But he looks really skinny mm-hmm. and scary. And and if Beale Street could talk, he only has one scene. People think it's set in Memphis, and it's not. Yeah, but the Beale music, Street. yeah. But the music is wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the score it, is another character. It, is. Uh, it sets it so well. It's just. I remember after you saw it at the screening. You said this is the black Romeo and Juliet. It is because it feels like it's just a tragedy because you believe in these two people. They're both young. He wants to be a carpenter. She has dreams. She's pregnant. And they meet. And I like the way it's a very natural romance. They're not just thrown together. You believe in them. And a lot of the movie, kind of like great indie films, it's a lot of silence in the movie. Just with looks, mm-hmm. the way they look well, at each Barry other. Barry Jenkins, that's, yeah. his, that it's Moonlight just, was a lot of silence. Yeah, a lot of silence. Like it, they, they don't have to have dialogue. If you can say it with your eyes, don't open your mouth. 
And the family's very strong. That's why we've mentioned yeah, the Regina backbone. King and yeah. we mentioned Coleman Domingo. And they're so happy. They have such a tight family. Regina King, when she confronts a woman who can help her son-in-law. She's pleading for life. It, it's This is why she won the Oscar. It's That just, one scene. Yeah, that one scene. Yeah. She's so heartbreaking. Nicholas you Bridal did the feel. score. Oh, yeah. and then and, and James Thaxton with the cinematography. Oh, cinematography is beautiful. It feels like a play. When I watched it on the screen, it felt like they were doing that right in front of me in the theater. I watched it at the High Point back lot, and it's just a very, it's a very intimate film, even if it is a little bit down. And a little bit depressing. That that's it, it's putting life on display. It's putting the unfortunate uh, culture that we live in, and we still live in. Not just when this film is set. It's just it's carried over. Right, and also just making the best of of a bad hand. And they do. And, and I, I like how again, there's a little bit of hope in the end. You know, they don't douse you with it. You know, they don't. You know, they don't give you a cupcake. You know, they, they just tell you there, there's hope. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a rough world. A rough hand that this couple has been dealt, but they're going to make the most of it. So, so did either? I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. lady, go ahead. No, oh, but what were you going to say? I was going to ask if either of you saw second act with J Lo. Not because the night uh, that it screened was another screening. My, that that, was... That's a movie that I want to take my wife to. But I think there was something else that night. Well, and then... I I was spoiled on like there's a big twist and someone told me all about it and I know how the movie ends and it's got Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us and Heroes. Oh, Vanessa Hudgens plays her boss and then there's so Jennifer Lopez she's like ah, she's 40 and then she she fakes a resume and gets yeah, an amazing job. It's a big job. And Vanessa Hudgens is her boss and that's all I'm going to say because if you decide to go see that movie I don't want to ruin it for you but I found the twist to be very interesting. And I didn't even see the film. Interesting. That's kind of interesting. I didn't take that film as having a big twist. It, there is. Well, there is a big twist. As as much as I have issues with uh, J-Lo and her, her uh, uh, author, she can act. And actually, I think she's quite entertaining in rom-coms. I don't know if you all saw The Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey. I did not. Uh, but that scene where... Oh, well, it, <laughs> there's a scene where they're at this outdoor movie in a park it's not a drive-in but it's like that remember when people started having outdoor movies and Mm -hmm. that and they dance and it's just magical and she and matthew mcconaughey dancing it's it's a way underrated movie i I thought even made manhattan was kind of a cool with uh, ray fine smiling ray fine what What are you doing (laughs) oh like oh my my gosh gosh. i can't forget i'm sorry rafe (laughs) i'll tell you the twist after we're done but right now now, we have to talk about the Aquaman. Yeah. That is the big Mr. rental this weekend. Mr. Momoa. Um, I, I, again, uh, I didn't see it. I, you you know, didn't see Aquaman? No. It's actually one of the better DC movies. It is. I mean, I I, I don't think it's as polished as Wonder Woman, but I do think it's an but enjoyable But that's, that's a high rom. bar. It is it's, a high it's bar. It's better than any of the Superman movies. It was. Movies. It was better than Justice League, better than Batman versus Superman, because it, wasn't, stuff, it wasn't stuff with a bunch of characters. It's basically the origin story of Mr. Aquaman, Arthur Miller. Who's already been in Justice League. Played by Mr. Momoa, who I think is a very charismatic he, he's got a little bit of what the rock has he you know he doesn't really stretch himself in roles but you just kind of it, it's fun to watch him who is he on game of thrones he was drago okay yeah he he played uh cal drago the the dragon lady's husband who bit into like a poisoned apple Mur- he was murdered i'm guessing he was murdered by that mean old lady poor cersei 
Well, yes. well, I would think that uh, I did think he was entertaining in Justice League. It's well, yes, and this is just more of that. Even though, didn't you and I debate some of the things about? what doesn't make sense in Justice League compared to Aquaman. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, he meets Amber Heard, but he, he acts like he doesn't know her. And yeah. But they... The placement in this movie in, in the timeline, it's like they're almost... It has, it has to take place it's, after. It's like they're almost dismissing Justice League, because now they have. <laughs> they've kind of like cut themselves off from that timeline. But I do think that Dolph Lundgren's got a good little role in he this. He does. Patrick Wilson just kind of plays the Patrick, Patrick Wilson, Wilson villain. And uh, I do think uh, I like Nicole Kidman. She She's has good a couple this. badass scenes in the beginning of the movie. She plays mm-hmm. the mama. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think there's a couple really good action scenes. I think by the end of the movie, you know, a lot of the action kind of gets redundant and you're kind of ready for it. To, and it's still a little bit too long for me. They yeah. need to trim it down. But I do think Momoa was the charmer in this movie. I think... When you, when he got more space to work with, I think he made Aquaman something, someone engaging to watch and someone you want more from. And Django okay. Fett plays his dad. Yes. Okay. Well, now <laughs> now I have Morrison. to now I have to see it. I didn't see it because that was at the end of the award season. It was. It was. And, it was at the end. And uh, I figured they put I this had out, a, like, right prioritize movies. But he's coming to Wizard World, which we'll all be covering just for one day. Well, though. thankfully for one day, because if he came for more, I I, I would be single. By after it was done, <laughs> he will just be there on Sunday. <laughs> he comes in with the long hair, and and, and, and the thing is, you know, and again, Lisa Bonet is probably not going to be with him. Yes, no, because and that was one of the better parts of the Oscars interviews before the ceremony was that she was kind of telling the interviewer to back off, my boy, because I think the interview wanted him to do his little chant because mm-hmm. he does that dance because he's you know he, he's Hawaiian and he's from Hawaii. But I, um, I, I just think uh, in this movie he, he kind of make he makes Aquaman watchable. I thought he was kind of a kind of cartoonish in Justice League. He wasn't given a lot to play with. But in this one, you do get to see what this guy's made of and how he's kind of like one of those reluctant kings. He, he doesn't. He just kind of wants he to do his thing. He just wants to be left alone. He wants to, yeah, he wants to be just left like alone. Just like Superman at the beginning he's of Man of Steel. Yeah, he's like Martin Riggs. He's just got superpowers. He wants to have his little beach, little trailer on. Mm-hmm. on you know, he wants to be left alone. But, of course, he can't because he is the chosen one. But yes, Amber Heard is about as worthy in this movie as a bag of rocks. So. Oh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan well, of her. She's, got a, very she's, pivotal, bland. she's got a very pivotal role, and every time she shows, like, okay, what, are you making Fox 2.0? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, but he he redeems it for me. I mean, I, I, I it's worth seeing. It is worth seeing because I, I think that. You know, DC, they're trying to, with Shazam. They, they try so hard. And, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about Shazam. And I can't see it because there's a hockey Zachary game Zachary Levy and from Chuck to... is playing the, the mm-hmm. hero. Um, I think... And he is one of the few people that does the Marvel-DC crossover because he was just killed in the last Thor movie. And uh, yes, he was. He was. He, he was, yeah, yes. He, he's a guy that that Kate Blanchett comes out and just tosses two knives into, right? Yeah. Right away, it's like, wait he a minute, was, that was Chuck. He was in the Warriors three. Actually, he's not in the first one. He's in Dark World and, Ray and Ragnarok. Stevenson's killed as well. Who's also a great character actor. But this movie, I think DC is trying to take a page from Marvel and have more humor. Aquaman's more funny than any of the previous uh, DC movies. Shazam continues mm-hmm. that trend. And, I think, but see, that's a comedy though. They're slowly, I know, but I think they're slowly trying to incorporate those into their 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 universe, their and cinematic art art uh, arsenal. Don't forget Zachary Levi as Flynn Rider, Eugene in the Tangled yeah. movies. Yeah. So okay. it's um, so yeah, go go see Aquaman, and I I think that. You know, again, it's a little bit long. All DC movies, DC movies, unlike Marvel, they just editor. feel long. But um, yeah. But you can it, say that about the Marvel movies too. 
that they need an editor that they can they could pair some of their stuff down though the pacing is so well well they're on movie 22 dan i know they think they know what they're doing but even like the the first avengers is two hours 25 just flies by so the the final movie that's out on dvd is a hard sell it's a tough sell but it was oscar nominated foreign movie from Lebanon. It is directed by a woman, and Dan and I just loved it. It's called Capernaum. Yeah, it, it, it's really tough. It's about uh, two, a, a young boy who is wants to basically disown his parents. He, and they're he, awful people. He, oh. he, he basically sues his parents. When, uh, it's basically when he's serving a five-year sentence for a violent crime, a 12-year-old boy sues his parents for neglect. These are the parents that just have kids and have kids and don't really care for them. They're just they're in the just corner of the house. They're just getting aid. They want, they want the kids to make the money. The and, yeah. And, they basically uh, want workers. <laughs> um, if they lived in the U.S., uh, children so, and family services would yeah. have come and taken the kids But they away. don't. They live in Lebanon. They, they live in Lebanon. So the Nadine kid- Labaki is a director. She co-wrote the script. And I tell you what, the two... The kid, you know, the oh. kid gets out in the streets and, and, and he adopts this little boy who's younger than him is maybe a little bit more, maybe a toddler. That's right. that's the thing you see in the poster. It's yes. the kid carrying the other kid in the wagon. In the right. little wagon. And I tell you what, the best part of the movie, the biggest chunk of it was when these two kids are out in the street and they're just surviving. Oh, and, and it's the sad part is, is that a lot of this probably happens. I mean, there's oh. a lot of poverty over there, and there's a lot of families that do this. They have a lot of kids, they neglect them, and they treat them like workers that they don't pay, they don't care for. So, um, what's the boy's name? I can't um, remember. It, it, but... He basically takes the same name as he does in the movie Zane. Zane, Zane El Rafi. He is actually a Syrian refugee. That's mm. how they cast him. I mean, he's just and so really he's, believable. Oh, he is. So he is really close to his one sister and something horrible happens to her and yeah. so that's why he goes out on the street yeah, Zahar. and uh he uh, uh is taken in by this loving woman who is an african uh, immigrant but yeah. she's here illegally she works, she's at, a th- she, she works at a theme park and he kind of just kind of moves in with them but then she something happens with her and he's kind of forced she to take care of this right. toddler yeah because he's been her he's been her child care and then there's the guy at the market food. who wants to buy oh. the toddler mm. oh I mean, there's all these horrible I mean, people I mean, I mean, trying this is to where take kids advantage. are just they're, the kids are like a, an asset they're like a stock in, in this world and oh. i think the movie it puts you in that situation so well it's very intimate it's slow but I do think you just – I wanted to spend more time with those two kids because they're out there, and he's trying to sell this and that, and he's going to the market, and he meets kind of a cool Spider-Man on a bus, an old man Spider-Man who works at this theme park. Mm-hmm. I just thought it had a lot of charm. For such a sad movie, it's got a lot of charm. Yeah, it's it's really well done, and it was a worthy – We all, we all knew for the Roma was going to win so, foreign, but this is, I think, so being being part Lebanese myself, I kind of uh, I kind of sympathize and attach wow, myself. Wow, we're kind of downers. This I know, so I know it so. is. But but you know what? This is this is sometimes with movies you have the mm-hmm. big Avengers Endgame, then you have like the Mustangs and the Hotel Mumbai's. It's just like the movies that have to get made. I want well, to keep seeing them get made, even though they don't make a lot of money. Well, let's keep talking about downers and talk about the life of Adrian Shelley. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, let's change it to a feel good topic. Pie. Oh, <laughs> yes. But Adrian Shelley was. A writer-director who directed her first movie back in 2007, 
and she starred in it too. And it had a great cast: Carrie, Carrie Russell, Russell, Nathan Fillion, Cheryl Hines, Jeremy Sisto, Andy Griffith. Jeremy Sisto, the worst husband on the planet. Oh, awful! <laughs> and so she finishes this movie and she submits it to Sundance. And then her neighbor is having the music too loud, so she goes over and says, "Hey, could you turn your music down?" And he said, "No." And she says, "Fine, I'm going to call the cops." He's an illegal. He does not need the cops over at his house. So he follows her back to her apartment and makes it look like she killed herself. Oh, yeah. And, but he the murders husband, her. But it was actually a construction worker right. next door. It wasn't a neighbor. It was a guy working oh, on the building. but she still wanted him yes. to turn the music down. Right. That's why he okay. threw a hammer. He told the cops he threw a hammer at her when they finally got him. This is how they got him. They went back to the crime, the crime scene of the bathroom. Because she had a little baby, mm-hmm. and and yeah, she was happy, and, and the husband was like, there's no way she killed herself. They found a footprint. Ah, because he had dust on his feet? Yeah, the, the gypsum, mm-hmm. and that's how they got him. Ugh. And then the day, the week after, or two, soon after she was murdered, her film got accepted into Sundance. So, and then the movie debuted there. But I also think that, you know, she had a great cast. That movie was probably going to get accepted into Sundance anyway. But it's a, it's a sad story, and she played one of the waitresses, and Carrie Russell. And it is a very there. It diverges the play that is at the Fox for the next couple of weeks diverges from the movie a little bit because yes. it's all about the, she's an abused waitress wife, and her husband is abusing her, and mentally she abused gets, and physical abuse, and knocks her up mental. Yeah. Mental. Uh, there's physical very abuse controlling. in the movie too. Well, yeah, he does kind of. Oh, and then yeah. he's about to hit her, and she says, "I'm pregnant," because she wasn't going to tell him she was going to either have an abortion or run away, and she wasn't sure what she was going to do yet. And then she starts having an affair with her uh, OBGYN. Who's <laughs> very good, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, but he's still not a good. None of the people. In this movie, are necessarily good people. No, and the whole infidelity thing is hard to um, overcome. In the I mean, play. Carrie Russell's sweet. She's Carrie Russell. She's sweet, and you you're rooting for her. And Andy Griffith makes a Deus Ex Machina kind of thing because the ending in both the movie and the play is unnecessary. It kind of negates her journey. Yeah, it does, because it wraps it up in a bow. But actually, it doesn't necessarily be all happy. But, but, I, but a that couple kind of things. movie, I, I, I didn't really mind. I, I kind of like the like, where she's just walking off with her kid. That's the, that's just kind of But it's, sweet. The, it's the stuff that happens right oh, before yeah. I, that. I but but, I, I, but I yes, walking character. off with the kid, and then they have a local kid. They had a little kid come out oh, on stage. Lulu. She's got like one oh, line. and It's so cute, and she was just dancing away. So the, the play differs. It's a musical, and it came out in 2016, and the score is by <laughs> Sarah Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, who did the song Love Song and Brave. Those are not in the those are not in the no. play though. But even though they say that on the marquee, they say, "Hey, from the author of Brave and Love Song." <laughs> those are not in the movie. This movie, I'm sorry, this musical had the unfortunate luck to be at the same year as Hamilton, so it <laughs> so won nothing. nothing. <laughs> so if if any other year, it probably would have won 
something. And they, I think it got like a drama desk. Or it did. Critic it did. For the guy playing the the, the, the goofy guy. The goofy. The, the goofy Ogie. Og, the uh, guy who likes doing Dawn. Dawn. And who it, was played it, by Adrian Shelley in the movie. I just wonder if they, because uh, I saw the movie so long ago. I just wondered if they brought the the revolutionary reenactment as a thing for Hamilton because you no, know, that's, that's, that's that, that was in them the in the movie. I couldn't remember it, but uh, it's. I it's, think Eddie uh, Jameson was actually in the. He had done some versions of the play. The guy who was in the movie did a couple of the uh, Broadway shows, too. Right. So the guy uh, was nominated for Ogie, and then also the lead girl, Jenna, that was played by Jesse Mueller, who won a Tony for playing Carol King in and Beautiful, Beautiful, which and, was just here. Uh, the person, uh, Megan, over at the Fox, she said she saw Waitress and Catherine McPhee from American Idol and Smash was playing the lead in Waitress, yes, which I can see that too. Yeah, she's now in the West End, I think. In Doing London, it? they opened it. Yeah, so so it has been, uh, but this cast is a delight, and it's really funny. But I found out, because some people were like, I smell pie, I smell pie. Um, they I were found making out, them? Yeah, at the Fox, there's this gizmo in the front. It's like an oven. They're baking two pies, and that smell is wafting through the lobby and also the entrance, but they're not giving away. Like I heard on Broadway, they actually gave you pie afterwards. Oh, that would be so good. I know. <laughs> because, because she you... makes pies. She makes different pies for the thing. The day she finds out she's pregnant, my, she makes it, my eggs have betrayed me pie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Every every mood she every every mood swing she has in the film basically turns into a great pie, which we every, almost everyone we want to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this they one all they... look so good. Because you know when she's putting the flour down, and then it kind of speeds up the camera to where they're getting made and prepped, mm-hmm. and then put in the oven and brought back out. They all look delicious. I enjoyed it very much. I, I as much as I enjoyed the film. Yeah, I I definitely think it's it's a uh, fun and just a little bit. I know uh, we are film, but just a little bit of uh, Broadway. Uh, oh, TV you had the theater stuff. critics. Oh yeah, well this we week. did have that. We had theater prom, and the article is available on stllimelight dot com. But um, plug it, Lynn. Plug uh, it. Yeah. Plug it, plug hey, it. hey, we uh, the St. Louis self promotion. The St. Louis theater critics. Oh, this was our seventh annual awards, and we give out thirty three. Oh, 33? 33? Yeah. 33 awards. That's a funny Comedy, Comedies, musicals, and dramas. And my former partner, Lori Mack, won an award, didn't yes, she? Yes, she did. She won Best Supporting Actress in a Drama for playing Birdie in The Little Foxes. Nice. As St. Louis actress. Oh, I love she, Lori Mack. She, oh, she broke my heart. She made me cry. Her birthday is on April Fool's Day. Happy birthday, Lori Mack. Yes, and uh, her husband, Alan Knoll, was nominated for playing God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's about right. In a comedy at the New Jewish College. Alan is so good. I know, an act of God. He, he's just perennial. But those two, they're like the happiest married couple I've ever seen. Yes. And so anyway, um, what I want to bring up is this um, limited series on FX called Fosse Verdon. Yes. And it stars Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. And he's not playing a racist this time. And He's not. I He's saw Bob Fosse. <laughs> I know. I saw the trailer. A bunch trailer. of different hair pieces and makeup and all. Oh, kinds of I saw the trailer last night. It's phenomenal. And it's um, in his. It's in the all. It's in the all that jazz font. 
Yeah, and it's also, he was like one of the greatest choreographers of all time, and then he went on to stage and screen, Mm -hmm. won an Oscar for directing Cabaret, and that success fueled drugs, alcohol, sex, and and burden was Chase your dreams, folks, just don't get into drugs and booze. (laughs) So um, it has a a cast that features St. Louis's own Norbert Leo Butts as his friend Patty Chayefsky. Tony winner. Yes, Network. He's responsible and Oscar winner because he wrote the script for Netflix. Oh, for, right. um, for Network. And then um, Rob Corddry is Neil Simon because Neil Simon's first wow. wife was a dancer. And uh, Margaret Qualley, who I think you like, Dan. Yes, from she, Donnybrook and uh, Leftovers. She plays Anne Ryan King, who Fosse fell in love with yes, and, he did. and became his, his second muse. And then, um, who's the other guy in it? That I don't know. Plays. I just lost the um, brain. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's another famous dude playing um, one of the because they had a small circle of friends. But uh, so their daughter Nicole Fossey was the creative consultant for this. But it is got it's the got the handprint of the Hamilton guys on it hmm. because the director is Thomas Kale. Okay. The choreographer is Andy Blankenbuehler and the producer is Lynn Manuel Miranda. Evan Handler from Sex and the City. That's it. That's it. He Hal plays Prince. Hal Prince, the famous Evan producer. Evan Handler. Oh, hey. So, it should be it starts April 9th on okay. FX. It follows that um you know when they did the Betty Davis Feud. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be like that. They're going to do these, and I can't wait. It looks fabulous. So, yeah, that's what Sam Rockwell's been doing. But getting back to the little girl that's in Waitress, they mm-hmm. had a contest at the Fox, mm-hmm. and they picked two little girls, and they alternate. Every other show. And they're just the cute as buttons. Well, next week, there are a lot of movies come out, including the remake of Pet Cemetery, and sometimes With Jason Clark. Dead is Better. And what is the movie that? Uh, oh, I can't see Shazam next week, but you guys will. Well, no, I've got. I, I'm going to see it on Monday, but I, I I can't make Pet Cemetery, so maybe that'll be kind of good. All right. Well, I'm going to see Pet Cemetery, but because of Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. because of the Cardinals opening day on Thursday, oh, we're going to record on Wednesday. Oh, so we're not so gonna, we're not going to have a oh, Pet no. Cemetery. We're not going to be able to talk about it. Oh, oh well. Well, we'll talk about it the next week. Okay. But uh, Shazam, I have a news assignment. Maybe we can just imagine. Like you're gonna be scared. It's Stephen King. It's Jason Clark, who I really like. I, I do too. I, 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 him and Isaacs. I, even though they are on a great show once upon a time called Brotherhood, I like Clark a lot. I think well, he's a good actor. Fred Gwynn's part is being played by John Mal. No, there's also no, a, uh, a good little uh, Sam Rockwell movie called The Best of Enemies. Uh, the Best of Enemies oh, coming that out. That is Taraja P Henson and Hayes. Taraja P Henson, good stuff. Sam Rockwell is playing a racist again. Oh, that's all he can do right now. Well, he won, he won an award he for playing and, a racist. Yeah, he, he, he was a reformed racist in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. He's just dumb. Well, he hey, uh, you I just know. like where the, the building's on fire and he's reading the letter from Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just well, great. Bruce um, McGill's in uh, Best of Enemies, too. Oh, Bruce McGill's. You know, Bruce McGill is kind of like John Carroll Lynch. He's just one of those faces mm-hmm. that he, he pops up and you go, yes, he's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we were talking. Talking about oh, wild mustangs. Next week, we, we will have the highway. We can review the highway. Oh man. yeah, the highwayman. We're just going to be a little behind, but hey, um, you know, people it's good don't to have a little behind. The, the good, <laughs> the good things, you know, movies that they, they they live on at least for five days. Oh, so. mu- what is this called? Multiple platforms. Ah. Well, speaking of, uh, well, I'm going to go see Dumbo tonight. Not 
looking forward to it. Yeah, but I'm not looking forward for my, to it. Well, no, why would you go? I have to review it. Watch Aquaman. Oh, you guys. So have to do I have review. to review it. Well, for hey, you know what? Radio. You know, I, I, and I did the print. same thing for Captive State. I put on my cinematic bulletproof vest and took one right in the chest. Because we are film critics and we have to review something new every week, right? Yeah, that was the first VHS Disney that I bought my little toddler son, Tim. It's, I'll say this. It's not terrible. It's just forgettable. It's just kind of like a feeble attempt. And it, it's really, if it wasn't Tim Burton, I wouldn't be like so mad. But Tim Burton used to do great things. And now he's... We, I wanted to mention that Keanu Reeves, speaking of Wild Stallions, uh, he was a hero awesome this week. His plane had problems and got rerouted. And he took charge and de-stressed all the passengers. And he took them on a just, tour know... of Bakersfield in a van. <laughs> all, all I hear is that he just gives, he does charity work. He's kind of a cool, down-to-earth guy. I was watching a, a great 12-minute making-of feature on John Wick 2 where, I mean, he, he trained for six months to do that movie. But he also, they asked him, like, well, what do you do? Like, I, I, I just, you know, I like learning new things. And he just seems like a down-to-earth guy. And I'm really happy for him because, you know, his career was kind of going a little mm-hmm. a little quiet there. And then in 2014, he was in a little action film called John Wick that's going to turn into a to probably even more than a trilogy. So I, I think it's great for him. He was able to finally make the Bill and Ted sequel. I, I, it's nice. I mean, I know they're millionaires, but it's nice to see when... You know, there's people in Hollywood that are good at their job, but they're also good people. Give back. Oh, and and breaking news is that The Princess Bride is being adapted into a Broadway musical. Here we go. Of course it is. Because, of course, they have to take all movies. I guess, is is, is that it? Is that all we got That's it. My name's Carl Middleman. You can find me on socials at underscore Carl the Intern. I am Dan Buffa. I'm at, at Buff82 on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, unfortunately, um, where, where I put up pictures of my food, my coffee, and my no, kid. No, you put up stories on your Instagram of while you're driving the Uber. Yes, I do. Uber rants. Um, I'm also I'm at KSDK News in St. Louis Game Time. I am on Twitter the most, at Buff82. Next week, we're going to talk about our favorite baseball movies. Yes! I'm from a baseball family. Withhold for next religion. week. Withhold. Say nothing. I know. I know. Who but, are um, you? I am Lynn Van House, and you can find me on KTRS, The Big 550. I'm on with Jennifer Blome and Jay Cancer Fridays. Oh, yeah. I'm on that every Saturday night, yes. too, for two hours. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm on at 1145. The great Max on Depending. Movies. And then I can be read in the timesnewspapers.com. And Dan and I have exciting news that we were both... Uh, in, uh, we were both inducted into the broadcast film critics. Hooray! Uh, so we got to get you in once. Uh, uh, one know, day. One day. My wife keeps saying, you should be in that. And I said, yeah, I should. And then I don't apply. You have a very cool wife, by the way. I like her. Yeah. So, well, whenever so, you bring in her screenings, it's always kind of nice. If I you like want to know all the news that's not fit to print, we're here. All right. <laughs> it's fit Talk to, to be later. spoken. Bye. Bye. Bye.